guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. How do you fight with your partner? I'm actually really curious because, first of all, everybody fights in their relationships, and fights can be anything from a heated discussion to like a really aggressive fight. There's a whole spectrum of how people fight, and that's okay, and it's normal, and people in relationships fight every day. But I just found out that there are five different fight languages and there are different apology languages. And I'm like so excited about this because you guys know I love learning new things about making relationships better. Today I'm talking to Lena Morgan, who is the official founder of the fight languages. She even has a book about it. She has a free quiz you can take. Today we're talking about the types of different fighters and how you can quite literally enhance and change your relationship for the better when you learn about each other's fight languages. Let's jump in. Lena, I'm so excited to talk to you. You have no idea. I didn't even tell you this off the recording. Lena and I chatted a little bit right before we hit record, but my husband and I are in therapy and the number one thing we talk about is how we fight. Oh, that's amazing. And I... (laughs) So this is going to be so juicy. You're going to really get to know my marriage here. But, and he, full disclosure, my husband is totally okay with me sharing. But I love what you do. I can't wait for everyone else to hear about it. But you came up with the fight languages, which Mm -hmm. we all know about the love languages. I'm obsessed with the love languages because I'm a very verbal and like, I want to make everyone happy type of person. So knowing people's love languages is my passion and Mm -hmm. you have fight languages and I can't wait to hear about them. But before you tell me about them, I want you to tell us about who you are, what you do, and then how the heck you even came to be the fight language person. (laughs) I love it. So my name is Lena Morgan. um, And my background is actually in midwifery, which I know seems like a sharp pivot from talking about conflict, but they are so intertwined. Labor and delivery. Well, it's a lot of people in the realness of their relationships. And remember, like I was walking with them through their whole pregnancies and the birth room and postpartum. So it was so much about figuring out like, okay, how can we have you feeling understood and empowered in your experience? How can we have you guys coming together, understanding each other better as you're going through this huge rite of passage and leaping off into this next phase of life? And then in really high tension, tension situations, like How can you feel understood? How can you be better communicated with? How can we help support you in this? So that very easily led to articulating the fight languages, which are the five different types of people in a fight, just based on what I was seeing over over a decade of midwifery and helping people communicate better in high stress situations. Oh, I love that. I love that you have that nurturing thing about you. Like midwives are nurturing, caring, and then now you're taking care of other people. Do you mostly work with like couples and, or is it individuals? How, what kind of work do you do? 
Everyone. So I work with a lot of individuals because I always say like only half the relationship needs to change for the whole relationship to change. So a lot of times people don't have a willing partner. Well, that's okay. Let's work on how the internal conflict's going for you. Let's work on the conflict you're dealing with. So I obviously work with couples as well. And that's really fun just to have them like, man, you see it start clicking, they're communicating, they're understanding each other. Uh, I work with businesses a lot because if you have any sort of customer service or HR department, like this is going to be hugely beneficial to having a more effective, successful company. And I work with organizations um, that, you know, nonprofits and things like that as well. So I love everyone. that. <laughs> everyone fights. And, you know, I think that it's important to note that everyone fights, especially in relationships and in marriage. And as a mom of two little kids, my husband and I, we fight so dirty and we fight so different than we did before kids. And mm -hmm. I think that having kids brings up so much I don't know, childhood trauma and childhood stuff that you like packed down and didn't really have to deal with. So now having kids of our own, we just fight so different. Obviously there's the whole, like, we're not sleeping, we're not filling out our own cups. And so we fight. And do you, do you personally have a different definition for fight and argue or how would you, I feel like there's a different sliding or there's a slide, there's a sliding scale for fighting. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can start with a discussion that becomes an argument that becomes a full out fight. I say fight languages just because it easily encapsulates what the idea is. People are like, oh, cool. I know what we're talking about. But of course, you can be engaging on a whole spectrum of, you know, from like a small disagreement to like, I'm never talking to you again. So we're we're talking about all of that, though, yeah. any form of communication. And that's really what the fight languages are. It's how to communicate better. So yeah. while it's in conflict that I'm going to for first, just because I feel like, man, if we can start fighting better, like everything else gets better as a result. But really, we're talking about how can we communicate better with each other? Lena, I'm actually really curious if you have any fight data or like fun facts or numbers. I love numbers. I feel like they really... <laughs> I heard you say, I listened to one of your podcasts. I heard you say something about 68% of people. What was yeah, it? This is one of my favorite statistics. And I believe <laughs> I originally came across it from the Gottman Institute, who like hats off to them. They are changing the dynamics in relationships. But it was 68% of fights didn't need an actual resolution. They didn't they need didn't an action need taken. Yeah, they didn't need an action taken for the fight to be resolved. 68% of fights are just two people who want to be understood in their experience. That's the resolution. No, no, I'm telling you for real, like personally, I just want to be like understood. I just want empathy. That's the one thing I always say in therapy. I just want to feel important. I want empathy. I want to be understood. Yeah, because I'm so, a very empathetic person. Like I will be the first one to be like, I'm so sorry for making you feel this way. What can I do? Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any other fun facts and data? Because I think it's important to note fighting is like an everyday thing in everyone's lives. It is. Yeah, totally. Okay, a couple things there. Number one, I suspect, and I don't know your results from the quiz, but that you're fairly high in amplifier because that is perfectly articulated what so many amplifiers want in a fight, which is to be understood. Like, yeah. <laughs> see me, see my feelings. So um, I, 
Gosh, I'm trying to think if I have any other statistics, not off the top of my head, um, but conflict is in every relationship. And it's a super normal thing to have in your relationship. That's what I always want to clarify with people is conflict's normal. And yeah. we don't want to get rid of conflict, right? Because that's how we're telling someone what's important to us or what we want to have understood about us or, you know, the things that are really meaningful, how they can connect with us in meaningful ways. So we don't want to get rid of conflict. We just want to make it more productive. Yes. I love that. And I think that's so important. We, we don't want to completely stop fighting or arguing or disagreeing. We want to just be respectful to each other. And that's exactly what our therapist is trying to teach my husband and I. So, okay. What are the fight languages even, and how did you even come? You basically invented this and how does, where did it stem from? How did you identify them and what are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the love languages are how we feel loved in a relationship, right? Things people can do that make us feel loved. The fight languages are how we feel understood. So these are the five different types of people in a fight and how they best feel understood in conflict. And when you start feeling understood in your relationships or by other people, that feels a lot like being deeply loved. So the fight languages are one, the love languages are wonderful. They give us a lot of information, but the fight languages truly change how we're interacting in our relationships and feeling understood personally. Um, so they, the fight languages of, uh, previous partner and I, who had a lot of conflict and got really good at fighting, um, were doing workshops to help other people work through that as well. And so like playing off of the love languages, we were like, yeah, that's great. But man, we're missing a lot here. Oh yeah, no, it's the fight languages. And from that, I like was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who these people are. Let me write this down. And it was off and running. Yeah. I love that. That's like absolutely genius. So what are the five fight languages? Yeah. So the five different types of people, we have the igniter. These are anger-based fighters. They're big protectors and they want to feel protected themselves. They're the ones that'll pull the pin out of the grenade to blow a fight up if they don't feel like it's safe anymore or productive. Then we have the amplifiers. These are our emotion-based fighters. They have more access to feelings than it seems like anyone else does. They're feeling a lot more. They have a huge capacity for empathy because of that. They can, if they feel like their feelings not being validated by someone, they're going to expand it bigger and bigger and bigger until they finally feel understood. Then we have our negotiator. These are our connection-based fighters. So they want to reassure the connections with other people. They just want everyone to be okay. They just want to fix it. They think you're just misunderstanding. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so it can really come across as quite controlling as they're just trying to fix the problem and make sure that everyone's okay. Then we have our analyzers. These are our logic-based fighters. So they're the ones that are like, bring the receipts or don't come at all. Everything's black or white. It's, you know, if you don't make sense, they're going to pick apart your argument to prove that, nope, you don't have a leg to stand on. Their way is the right way. And then we have our extinguishers. And these are our space-based fighters. They don't want to interact with conflict. They would rather leave the room or leave into their minds. They need a much slower pace of an argument. They need time to ponder and think about it, which is difficult for everyone fighting with them. Can you be a little bit of a couple of them or a few yeah. of them? Totally. You could be all five of them, depending on the situation or the person that you're fighting with. 
Because exactly like you were saying, you know, talking about parenting, we, when we're kids, babies, even we get this roadmap of how to handle conflict, right? We see it from our parents. We're told how to handle conflict. We're shown how to handle it. And so we move through the world with this kind of roadmap of in these situations, I'm going to show up in this way because it keeps me more safe or protected or connected. And in these other situations, I'm going to show up this way for the same reason. So you might have one fight language with your siblings that you don't speak with anyone else, a different fight language with your parents. Your partner might bring out a totally different fight language with you at work. It might be a force one completely separate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that I guess that would make sense, right? So do you ever find when you work with couples specifically that there's a correlation or like a common theme between who's what type of fighter? And I actually haven't taken the quiz, but I did read about all of the fighters and I think I'm the amplifier, but I also can I also feel like I'm some of the other ones too, but I definitely think I'm the amplifier. Um, so Uh, well yeah I'm curious like do you find that like women are a certain type men are a certain type I'll tell you more than that what I find is different fight languages that tend to be in relationships with each other for example igniters and extinguishers tend to be in relationships with each other which surprised me when I first saw this dynamic over and over again Um, because they seem like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. One of them's blowing up and exploding in anger. The other one's shutting down and withdrawing. But the, at the end of the day, both of them want to move on quickly. They don't hold grudges. They're not bringing it back up again. They're like, great. I did that. Don't talk about it anymore. I want to move on. So they find this compatibility in fighting. It's not productive or healthy. It doesn't resolve things, but there's compatibility there, right? Interesting. Amplifiers and analyzers will often find themselves in relationships together. And this is because the amplifier has a core need for someone to say their feelings make sense. And analyzers really have a difficult time doing that. So the amplifiers are like, just understand me. (laughs) And the analyzers want to make the world make sense. And so here's this amplifier that makes no sense to them. So there's like this attraction that if I can make you make sense, the rest of it will fall into place. Yeah. Like, can we not always be logical? (laughs) Can we be emotional? Right. Funny because okay, so you you know about the love languages, but you know about enneagrams too. Mm -hmm. It all just like I'm a two, which is an emotional Mm -hmm. person. And then my husband's a one, which is a very like rule follower, logical. So it all, I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand too. Oh, for sure. No, astrology on the top as well. I love it all. (laughs) It all can understand you better. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. So you have a free quiz for people to take Mm -hmm. that. And I think everyone should take it because I'm, I'm excited about this. I can't wait to fight better with my husband. Um, so speaking of fighting better, how can we fight better within each language? So we know I'm probably the amplifier. So if you could tell me, like, what are simple things we can do to fight better with our partners? Right. Okay. So I make the distinction between protective and productive in the ways that we fight. So the protective ways are when you're reactive in a situation. So for an amplifier, that can look like bursting into tears or telling the other person what they did that made you feel this way or being the victim. Amplifiers can also like run away and kind of like make the other person chase them to have the resolution there. Um, Like, Prove that you care enough about me and my feelings. And now I get to be, I call it the wounded baby deer. 
pet me. Yeah. Love me. <laughs> um, I could definitely so, say that's true. <laughs> so rather than saying, okay, that's not a good way to fight, I say it's a protective way to fight because it served you well the vast majority of your life. And now you've arrived at this point where you're like, cool, that's not working for me anymore. So productive ways that amplifiers can show up. The number one thing for the amplifier is the recognition you're the one that's denying your emotional experience more than anyone else. So you're the one that's like, no, because you've probably been told most hold of on, your life, on. like, say that again. You're the one that's denying your emotional experience more than anyone else. I just mm -hmm. like, that's such an important line like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's whoo, whoo. <laughs> right. Because your whole life you were surrounded by people that were like, you're too much, mm -hmm. you're over the top, you're making a big deal out of nothing. So you recorded that in from, okay, what I'm feeling is too much. I need to figure out how to feel less to make myself be acceptable to everyone else. So every amplifier that's in a fight saying like, why don't you care? Da, 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 da. We could have started three miles back where we took the exit that said, whoa, hey, what are you feeling? You're feeling defensive right now. You're feeling emotional. You're feeling something you can't even name. Let's take a minute. That deserves to be seen. That deserves to be acknowledged. And if you could start doing that for yourself, you'll notice the conflict just drop in your relationship because now you're not putting all the power on the other person to acknowledge and validate your feelings. You're doing it for yourself. So you're saying I should pause and acknowledge what my feelings are. And then what do I do? I just sit and say, I'm feeling, I don't know, for example, my husband and I were arguing about, we're both working from home today and the kids are home too because daycare got canceled. So it's a lot. And I, we both feel like we have stuff to do, but it's like, it's almost like this ma a mouse and cat game of like, whose job is more important? Like who should be tending to the needs? And it's, it's unsaid, but I'm feeling, so I was feeling like I'm constantly having to pause and take away from what I'm doing. I'm in the middle of doing something for my job while he just like, to me, looks like he's sitting there. Yeah. I, you know, he's doing his job, but it feels like he should be helping more. So I was feeling, so you're saying I should sit and feel, feel my feelings of, and my feeling was I don't know. I think I was feeling unappreciated. I don't know what the word is, but I was feeling like not valued or appreciated, or I didn't feel like I was being taken serious. Like I didn't feel like my okay. job. So what do you, what do I do that? Yeah. I sit there with the so, feeling and then what? So to back up just a little bit, I loved how you were setting the stage there because this is where a lot of amplifiers get stuck is saying, here's what he was doing. And that was giving, like, that's what was making me feel this way. And they don't actually articulate what the feeling is. They stick with the story that created the feeling because amplifiers have found that if they can tell the story well, someone will finally understand what the feeling is. So likely with your husband, you know, a lot of times what we'll do is say like, well, you're just doing this and I'm making you, you know, it's making me feel like you don't even appreciate me. Like, what are you doing? Da, da, da. When you could take it one step farther and say, yeah, I'm feeling ignored. I'm feeling like, do, do I even matter in this situation? Which if you were coming to him saying, here's how I'm feeling right now, rather than telling him what he was doing that made you feel this way, 
like to take ownership over your experience, you would start a very different conversation with him. And it, he'd be like, wait, what, why are you feeling that? Like, what did I do? No, I'm defensive. letting you know. The, yeah. He totally. gets defensive. So what? Totally. And then I get mad. Like, how uh-huh. do you not see? Yep. That's totally. Where I get stuck because I've tried both. I've tried. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting there. Like, I feel like you're not really blah, blah, blah. And then I've also tried. I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. And then he gets defensive and. Yeah, totally. And see, he's likely an analyzer because they rise to defensiveness immediately um, because their core fear is that they're going to be blamed and unable to defend themselves. So that's why they show up with that immediate no or that immediate defensiveness. They need to know that they're not in trouble, that no one's blaming them. So when he shows up with that defensiveness, again, protective. It's a protective thing he's doing that lets you know he's not feeling safe for some reason. He's not feeling seen or understood or whatever it is. And you don't need to solve that part of it right now. You just need to understand, cool, his defensiveness isn't actually about me. This is his protective reaction. It feels like it is, right? Totally. Because amplifiers make everything about them. I know. So if you were to, you're in this situation, you're like, hey, I feel like my stuff doesn't matter today. It's making me feel really like, like I don't matter. Like I'm not important. That's it. And it's making me feel all kinds of things. And he says, well, I'm not, what, what do you want me to do about it? He'll, he'll usually cool. say, well, I'm trying, uh, I'm trying my best. I have stuff to do too. Like it's all, yeah. you know, totally. And you can be like, I hear that hundred percent. Can you let me know what you heard me say? How did you hear that I'm feeling right now? Because really that's what the amplifier wants, right? That acknowledgement of their feelings of their emotional experience. So if you were to be like, I would love to come back to that if you want to talk about it, but can you let me know what you heard me say there? How do you think I'm feeling right now? And it'd be like, I don't know. uh, You're feeling like you're not appreciated. Exactly. Here's some ways that I would feel more appreciated right now. Can you meet me in this? Can we do that together? Well, yeah. What do you need? Okay. Yeah. What is it? I just need to know that my stuff today has importance in our schedule. Like, can you help me know that these things that are important to me are going to get hit? Well, yeah, yeah, I told you they were going to already. Okay. The story I had, to borrow from Brene Brown, is that you weren't taking it seriously, though. Yeah. You know, and so this is where we're like, we've already pivoted the fight in a different direction. Yeah. You're not getting reactive. You're like, hey, cool. This is how I'm feeling. I just need to know you understand how I'm feeling. Yeah. I need to know that my stuff's important. It's so hard. I love that. And I love the example. And we've been there. But what's hard for me personally is to just let go of the situation. And it feels, this kind of like goes into my next question. It almost like feels like he he's on board. He wants to help. He wants to change. He wants to do better. But it just doesn't feel, I don't feel fulfilled. Like, mm-hmm. and I think part of it is I just need that. I think you have apology languages too, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just watching one of your reels about that. And I think it's the way I need that like empathy in the voice and in the way things are said and the tone. I think tone triggers me more than anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. So in that space and what you're saying there of like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we get in the like, okay, but what are they going to do about it? In that moment where you're like, okay, cool. He said all the right things. It's still really not hitting for me. Taking a moment and like stepping out, I call it the pause. We always need the pause and the pivot, right? If you're like, cool, we're in the same pattern here. We're rolling down the same thing. You have to take a pause. You have to step out and start acknowledging your feelings for yourself. Okay, I feel ignored. I feel like my stuff doesn't matter. That's making me feel X, Y, and Z. And that's where like for the amplifier, if you want to acknowledge your feelings, um, music's super helpful. I don't know if that resonates with you, but a lot of amplifiers, like they have the music they cry to and music they dance to. And it's like, there's a soundtrack to their lives. Um, So finding the music that resonates with what you're feeling that lets you access that emotion or dancing where you're actually gonna like move it through your body, writing it down. The key is that that emotion wants to be acknowledged and you have the ability to acknowledge it. So if we're moving to the space where we want, now he's done something wrong. He, you know, he did this action, caused me to feel this way. He's taking responsibility with the apology. Each of the fight languages receives an apology in a very different way. So to go through them really quick, an igniter wants it to be short, to the point, like don't drag this out, acknowledge what you did, acknowledge my perspective. That's what they really want acknowledged in the apology. And then we can move on. The amplifier wants you to acknowledge their feelings. I need to know that you understand my feelings. So an apology to an amplifier can be like, hey, I put myself in your shoes and I see why you feel that way. I'm really sorry. That wasn't my intent, but that's what happened. I'm sorry about that. The negotiator wants acknowledgement of the connection in the apology. So an apology to a negotiator might sound like, hey, I know you were trying to help. I'm so sorry I reacted like that. I'd like to fix this with you. What can we do? I like that one too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, can you like a lot? I like all the apologies except the straight to the point one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also an amplifier and negotiator. So I totally get like both of those also work for me deeply. Um, The analyzer wants the acknowledgement of their logic. So if you were to make an apology to your husband saying like, that makes sense why you thought that way okay, I see how you got there. That makes a lot of sense. Would go so far with him just to acknowledge that the way he was thinking about it makes sense. And again, it doesn't have to make sense for you. It's you acknowledging, you understand how it makes sense for him. Oh, okay. So telling him like, I see why you thought that or I see why you felt that. Mm -hmm. Those logical suckers. (laughs) Exactly. And then the extinguisher, it's the apology of space. They want the acknowledgement of space in there. So an apology to an extinguisher might sound like, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up and I'd like to apologize. Would you let me know when a good time would be to talk about it? Because our extinguishers need time and space to think about things. There are ponders, right? They need the slower pace. So an amplifier and analyzer is like, man, my brain's going fast and I want to get through it and resolve it, you know? And the extinguisher's like, no. So, so yeah. much tension. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know if I even need to take the quiz at this point. <laughs> oh and my most God, people love- don't. Yeah, like most people, when they hear the fight languages, they have a pretty good idea of who they are. They can recognize their partner or their kid in it. Yeah. yeah. And when you work with couples, do you give them like scripts on how to how to fight? I love that. Do you give them homework yeah. and stuff? 
Oh my gosh. I love it. I love, it's like a holdover from my midwifery days. I'm like, (laughs) you know, here's the affirmation. Here's the handout about this stage of whatever. Yeah. And that's how I set the book up as well is like, it's bullet points. I wanted to make it so easy to grab the information and to make it usable. And there are definitely like scripted lines in the in each of the sections on the fight languages and in the sections on the apologies as well. Because a lot of times we show up and we're like, cool, I want to, I want to do it differently. I just have yeah. no idea what to say. Yeah. What are what are the best ways? Uh, by the way, I want to have you back to talk about apology languages. I think I that it. deserves an episode in itself, especially around Valentine's Day. Like let's fight clean. <laughs> let's apologize. Yes. Well, and I love that because I'm um, just getting the content out right now about the difference between apologies and repair, because those are not the same things. And each of the fight languages receives apologies and repairs in specific ways. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm <laughs> texting my husband this episode immediately. Okay. So how do, if there's a couples listening right now, how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? And then I know you have the free quiz. You work with people one-on-one and then what other services do you offer? Yeah. So fightlanguages.com has all the information there. You can take the free quiz. It's 10 questions. It's so quick and easy. And you're going to get a percentage that each fight language applies to you, which lets you know where to start looking. You can download the quick translators, which is just like a one page on each fight language. You can go more in depth with the book, either the PDF version or the soft cover. The audiobook is coming soon. Um, I do one-on-one sessions, couple sessions, friends and family, whatever. Two people want to sit down and start fighting better. Great. And then I also work with businesses. So either uh, workshops online or in person to help. I mean, it's a great team building exercise, but then it's also so functional just to make, you know, yeah, their customer service, their HR work better. I love it. I love what you're doing. I think it's incredible. I've, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to <laughs> use it personally. And I really want my listeners to try to use your resources too. I get literally hundreds and hundreds of DMs all the time from women saying, we argue, we don't know how to fix the arguments. We don't agree on how we parent. And I feel like a lot of the issues that come in your relationship, your marriage partnership they can be fixed based on how you argue and based on how you fight. Absolutely. So, I mean, I always say the external conflict is just a reflection of the internal conflict that was always already happening. That's why it's so incredibly effective to get into your own fight language and figure out, okay, cool. How is it? It's, it's not even how am I showing up in conflict with other people? It very quickly becomes, how is it that I'm showing up in conflict with myself? Mm. And once you start shifting that, you can't help but notice all the conflict around you changes. You're so much less reactive. You're so much more aware of what your needs are in the situation and how to get them met. You can articulate them better. I mean, I have a 10 and a 13 year old. So like conflict, I get to practice this all the time. (laughs) And it's amazing how, you know, like it doesn't matter how much work I do on this. There's always more to learn, Mm -hmm. but it's really changed how I'm showing up for my kids in that space, you know, where I'm not reactive to their reactive thing. I see, oh yeah, she's an amplifier. Of course she's going to do this. Cool. It's not about me. 
And I think it's um, important that you just mentioned, I'm sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, yeah. It's important that you mentioned you have 10 and a 13 year old and you're always learning. I think it's important to note, I personally started therapy in 21 when I had my second baby and what is 20? It's 24. And I'm still constantly working on myself. And it's a constant battle of internal self. It's always like trying to figure out what is what is actually bothering me? What is the actual issue? And it's always, for me, it's always like allowing myself those emotions and like giving them permission. Yeah. And it, it's and not easy. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's something that you have to actually practice. Absolutely. So one of the things that amplifiers will often do when they are trying to let those emotions out is they'll pick a fight with their partner or their kid, someone close to them, a sibling, because that other person gets reactive as well. And now the amplifier has permission to bring all of those emotions out, to really get into their feelings about it. So understanding the fight language is understanding this is a thing that amplifiers do uh, means that you can like catch it way back before you're in that spiral again. You're like, ooh, I want to pick at him. What's going on with me? Where am I at right now? How am I feeling? How have I been taking care of myself lately? Have I given myself an opportunity to actually like let feelings out lately? No, I haven't. So now (laughs) I'm picking a fight with him. Forever, Mm -hmm. ever. So I'm going to try confronting my husband with how you guided me. And I'll I'll Mm -hmm. get back to you. I'll let you know how it goes. Keep in mind that his defensiveness is just letting you know there's something here he's worried about being blamed for and that he wouldn't be able to defend himself. So if you have that, that brings curiosity, that automatically brings empathy, right? For his experience, it just drains defensiveness out of you. So just knowing that, just knowing the core need for each of the fight languages, you're going to show up so differently. And I love learning that he just is like, uh, what what did you say? It was important. I, I get what that's that's important to you or something. What did you say to say to him? Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense because I always try to be the like super I, walking on eggshells. Like I feel like uh, I try to be like super lovey dovey and like feelingy, and he's just not. That's not him. He's like I don't mm-hmm. need to, you know. Yeah, because that's what you want. That's yeah. your fight language. That's not his. Yeah. yeah. We were just recently on vacation and I was like, uh, I don't know. I need, I wanted him to do something. And I was, babe, can you please, like, I'm so blah, blah, blah. Like, he's like, can you not just, can you, can you not have like a, a, a can you not have a, like a extensive reasoning of why you need some, just tell me what you need and I'll get, he just like yeah. wants it to the point. And I'm just like, I feel bad just being like, Hey, go get that. You know? Totally. Yeah. No, because analyzers are like, what makes sense? I say the mantra for the analyzers is make it make sense. If you can make it make sense to them, they're in. They're like, great. I love it. Excellent plan. This totally makes sense. Let's do it. But if it doesn't, bless. Like trying to move the mountain of a human that's like, this doesn't make sense. I won't sign off on it. Yeah, that's him. (laughs) All right, Lena. I'm excited to have you back. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. 
Oh my God, that was so good. I'm about to go talk to Tom and see how that goes. I'll report back next time I talk to Lena. I will let you guys know. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow on socials. I'll put all of Lena's information down below. Subscribe, leave a review and come back next week.